0: On this week's Roundup, Bayer and Bayer live up to the hype. Do we have a prem title race? United are in absolute shambles. Barca find their stride, and one team forgot to show up in the Milan derby. Plus, a European Knights preview. All that and more. Full-time Roundup starts right now. And welcome into this week's full-time roundup. I'm Matt Gesson. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, Daniel Brackett. Daniel, what a weekend of football we had for us. I hope you had a good one. I know that you were enjoying yourself out on the boat, on the lake, uh, but also were able to get a chance to, to catch up on some of the action that was uh, fast, full, and constant this weekend.
1: Yeah, no, know, Matt. I, I enjoyed my weekend. Uh, shout out to the family um, for kind of letting me... Do beelines from the lake back upstairs to watch a couple games and back down. So that's always good to spend, spend time with loved ones and especially get to watch a uh, fantastic weekend of uh, football.
0: Well, as always on the show, we start off with what are we wearing? So um, if you want to give the people what you are wearing today, I do have a kit on under my, my, my hoodie. It is hoodie season, folks. I do have a hoodie on, but there is a kit underneath it that I will explain.
1: So I am rocking the Liverpool I think it's it was the third kit um a year ago uh, it's the tan one has the the dark green collar I'm a sucker for uh kits with a collar on it I think it's just such a classic look on the back Mohamed Salah the Egyptian king kind of had to carry us through the season um probably my uh my favorite kit in uh that i have but uh wanted to let's see what you're wearing
0: well you guys have some very interesting third kits i'm just going to point out between this year's (laughs) that one which is a good one i do like it but you know you guys just have a weird way of third kits this is just a simple away kit for us this year um i wore it this morning for the game but of course like i said hoodie season it is cold so i'm i'm covered up but uh i did get it in time without the sponsor i was talking with a buddy of mine we actually think just straight no sponsors on kits is the way to go for fans to buy. If you, if you want a sponsored kit on the, on the field, go at it. But for a purchase, we thought it was, it would be cooler as a, to own a kit that has no sponsors on it. And so I'm lucky. I'm happy that right now, Chelsea has no sponsor on the front on any of our kits this year. That will change, but uh, take advantage of it, or at least I did with this kit. So uh, I'm excited about that.
1: Absolutely. I, that's a,
0: I like, I like your take there.
1: Um, we're so accustomed to it when a a kid doesn't have a sponsor, it kind of looks like almost naked in yeah. a way. So if you can, if you have a good kit and it doesn't really need a logo, then by all means, rock it.
0: Yeah, and it puts more pressure on actually having a good kit on top of that too. But we digress as much as we could love talking about kits. Uh, before we get into the weekly review, just a quick reminder to follow us on our new uh, Twitter X handle. Uh, we actually did go ahead and create that. So that is full-time roundup. Again, full-time roundup on Twitter. So go ahead and follow us over there. Um, download and subscribe, as well as give us a five-star rating whenever you're, you listen to the pod on whatever platform that you listen to us on. So uh, again, just wanted to get that out of the way as we dive into games here in England daniel a uh, couple of really big massive fixtures that uh, lived up to the hype first one that we want to cover is is manchester united versus brighton uh what can we say i mean there's so much to go in on both sides of the the coin i want to go to the positive first with brighton they were just absolutely again flawless out on the pitch the derby ball is pretty pretty scary to watch right now
1: yeah, you got that right. And when I was thinking Brighton could get a result here, and then I saw the the starting eleven had some had some uh, rotation in the lineup, and I was like, oh, I don't know, this could be a little closer than I'm giving United credit for, and because uh, there's no Ferguson, no uh, Estupiñan, no Gel Pedro, um, so and Solly March also was not in, so. Given, given some youngsters, uh, the nod and it it paid off.
0: Yeah, and and again, you, you mentioned it. None of those players that played, that's arguably you know four better players than some of the positions that Manchester United were playing with their starters. So it was a clear just domination. You know, like I mentioned, um, you know, just the way that the De Derby setting his teams up with the small short passing and the way that they constantly are attacking you. You know, United was set up in a diamond, which the way that Brighton can ping the ball around and, and change fields quickly is how you break a diamond down. And you saw that countless times. You saw Matoma and, you know, Lamptey with his speed going up against the low single handedly two on ones overlaps all day long. Uh, you know, that, that just, that system that 10 Hag wanted to implement just didn't work. And, and it really uh, put a lot of emphasis and pressure on United's back line. And, and really this defensive unit is, is really not capable of, of keeping up with the speed and the skill of what Brighton presented. I mean, Eric, uh, Eric Lindelof in the middle is a huge drop off from Rafael Varane. It's just that that is what it is. But you're not going to put Harry Maguire in there, you know. So you got to play him, um, Martinez, who's been pretty solid. But there are you know some instances where you've seen him not necessarily being the most, I would say, consistent um, defender, and that showed as well. And then I already mentioned, you know. Matoma just going after DeLoe and just not a good look right now. And I think United, not only were they, you say, you know, we talked about it earlier in, the, in a couple episodes, bad in the midfield, but now they're also bad in defense. And it's kind of like, which which area does Eric Ten Hag solve first? And it's going to be a tough challenge right now.
1: Yeah, it's all, it's all falling apart right now uh, for Ten Hag and Manchester United. There's just so much trouble on the pitch. And when you kind of combine it with what's happening, uh, off the pitch uh, it makes it almost even worse and you did mention Lanti, and uh, he was a standout player uh, two seasons ago didn't really get much uh, running last year and it's really good to see him kind of back to his best because he is such a talented player when he is confident and I, I'm hoping I can uh, get to see more of him running down that right flank uh, ASAP.
0: Yeah, he had an injury that took him out. And like you said, you know, just the, the rotation and, and how Brighton were set up last year didn't allow him to get in, but he has that speed. He's he's definitely a little bit smaller for a, a fullback, but boy, what he lacks in size, he makes up for in skill. Of course, if a former Chelsea player that we let go. Um, we can, you know, just add that to the <laughs> list as well. Um, moving up front though, uh, of course, you know, Marcus Rashford, you expect him to kind of be leading the the, the offensive front. You mentioned um, Hoyland. Rasmus Hoyland finally getting a start today. Just not rash for his day. You know, one of those things, it's, you just kind of call it and look at it and say, this is not going to end well. Um, you know, he hits a, a, a ball, gets deflected, goes right into the corner of the you know the net where the the goalposts and the and the crossbar meet and deflects out for a corner um, rather than going in. Another play where he he actually has an assist on the ball that goes in the back of the net and the ball is out of bounds by about a millimeter. So you know that was just kind of the the day. It's it's to your point, adding to the problems, and I think that's part of just. If you're a big believer in karma, things come in, in waves, right? So not only is United having problems on the pitch, but they are having them off the pitch. It's starting to take an impact. You know, fans booing um, all around the stadium after the match. And and Daniel, they go into a really difficult situation here going into the Allianz Stadium this week. This could be pretty ugly for United this week. Yeah,
1: losing to Brian um, at the weekend's bad, getting drubbed by Bayern midweek after that is even worse. So... Can Tin Hog not lose the locker room if it goes badly um, this, this week? Um, I mean, the board or the owners need to sell. They should have sold years ago. They, they need a coach to come in to kind of fix all these issues, and it's not just Tin Hog. It's, it's from the top down here, um, and Tin Hog has shown that he's not pragmatic with players, so this this could get ugly real, real fast
0: so do you think that ten hog is is the manager by by winter time by winter break or is that something that's really up to the table i mean from my perspective look you i have friends that are united fans that are trying to say give it time you you're having you're looking at a regression from last season at this point right you, he had a whole season to kind of get the system in place it takes time you know but he has and then he has a full off season and you you'd expect your team to progress and actually this year they're in worse place than they were last year under under Ten Hag. So is he the guy going forward for you for United? It's hard
1: to say. They're just so much moving pieces. It's a very complicated matter at United. Um, I think that if the board would sell, they should just clean slate. But the boards or the owners, excuse me, the Glazers aren't going to sell um, until probably in, end of next year, maybe another year after that. So it's really hard to to tell if tin hog can just kind of fix the locker room a little bit i think they have a chance but if they're going to give him time uh i don't if if he needs to get some performances in um before yeah performances before win and that's that.
0: and that's really you know how you end these conversations right it's performances on the field one of the teams that is getting performances on the field and an absolute Complete end of the spectrum from this situation at United is Spurs. Um, talk about getting a manager that comes in and gives you not only that manager balance, but a style of play that the team really gravitates towards. So, um, you know, they they escape, they get two goals late in five minutes apart in stoppage time. But Daniel, that's just a reflection, I think, of what Ange brings to the squad and and what he's going to set up and and how the team's going to play for him. Um, and that, that, like I said, it just looked like it throughout the rest of the day, coming back and, and never giving up uh, two goals late, uh, currently second place with 13 points, 11 goals. If you told me Spurs would have 11 goals after five games, um, I probably think you're a little crazy from previous years, but um, they're playing a much more aggressive style and and really, really showing. And now is a really big test, right? North London Derby uh, away against uh, Liverpool against uh, Arsenal, excuse me, and then away against Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I mean it was zero zero for a while. Uh Sheffield kinda got a later goal in the second half and it kinda looked over. They they were finally gonna drop points here and then Richarlison with with some heroics here. And and over international break, you could you could see that Richarlison was just having a bad performance after bad performance for Brazil, kinda gotten taken off, was crying, was talking about seeking um mental help, health, health help. Like just kind of talking with a therapist, try to work through his, his rut he's going through, maybe on the field and off the field. And I'm not a big fan of Rich never have been, especially because he was an Everton guy. But I was actually really happy for him to see um, that he kind of got a goal and assist late. And I think that's going to really turn his Spurs career around.
0: Yeah. And you love to see that um, as, as mental health is such a big issue nowadays, you never want to um, see someone really go through that, especially like you mentioned, you may like the guy, you may not like him on the field, but you know, you never want to see someone going through something like that. So great to see him bounce back. Um, his, his manager uh, made some statements on his behalf and, and kind of really supported him. You can see that they're all playing for, for big and as well. Uh, not to take away from, you know, what Richarlison's courage and, and strength to do that was but um clearly has the support uh, in the locker room from his teammates his manager and you'd love to see that uh, you mentioned Sheffield United they can't close out games um this is going to be a problem for a team that just got promoted and is looking to stay up you know they had uh the lead against Everton, they dropped points last week, which gave Everton their their only points of the season. And then you lose three points here. It would have been a tough one That to, you know, even if you get a point, um, but being up late, you know, the, like I said, two late goals that give Spurs the win. Uh, you're, when you're at the bottom, you need you need that. And and looking at Sheffield's fixture list coming up, it's not going to be easy. You know, you kind of wonder where's their, where's their win coming from? They have Newcastle next, then West Ham, Fulham, which is a tricky game, even though you're both kind of in that same space. Manchester United, could that be a win for you? And then Arsenal. So um, a really tough time for for Sheffield right now, as as that's usually the case for a lot of these promotion teams. But you'd love to see them kind of get off the board, uh, get a win and, and kind of Stay up and give it a little bit of fight. No one wants to see them go down too easily. Yeah, they did.
1: They did show some fight at least, and that can be said more than Luton Town. Um, They probably will be packing their bags at the end of the season, but it's still good to see they gave City a good fight. They gave Tottenham a good fight. Um, So at least they're showing that they can be somewhat competitive. Now, yeah. Oh, you got no. Go ahead. Now the the pivot into the game, I. uh, woke up early for this one a nice 730 kickoff. Klopp was kind of complaining about the early kickoff that's n- neither here nor there um just with the uh, our South American talent just long travel back to England and our record uh at the Molyneux and on uh early kickoffs is pretty abysmal I was actually closer the game got uh, I got a little bit more worried and then when you go down kind of really early, uh again to pedro neto who was just honestly unplayable um i was i was pretty worried the first half was was really 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 bad the midfield was awful McAllister had probably his probably worst game in a liverpool shirt Curtis Jones was invisible and even Tobasly was honestly trying to probably overcompensate for his other midfield compatriots and was giving the ball away a little bit but credit to Klopp he subbed in hooked McAllister made the perfect substitutions at the perfect time, and Liverpool scored three goals unanswered. Mo Salah had a vintage Mo Salah performance, even though he was not on the score sheet. He's been coming up in a big way with assists, which is good to see. And is he kind of switching his game more with this new Liverpool side? It seems like it is. And uh, we just showed the, the constant mentality of you never stop fighting, you go again and, and the chances will come and shout out Robertson. He, he really scores, but he scores big ones when he does.
0: Yeah, that was a big one. You saw him just make that run all the way up the pitch, get that ball back from Salah and just tuck it away nicely for the, the tying goal. Um, And then, you know, really just had a, a great performance all around. You mentioned the early kick, of course, Liverpool having not won in their last six matches that were at twelve thirty, I believe something like that. So, um, really nice to get that off your guys' back. You know, give me a break about the timings, Jurgen Klopp. Everyone's <laughs> got to deal with all that. Uh, everyone had team, and there was a game on Friday for a lot of bigger stakes than than this. Now, you mentioned we talked about a little bit later earlier that they they didn't really have as many internationals that were in South America for that game, but still, everyone's traveling. You know, you're not. No one's home comfortably like you would be normally in, in a training week. So, I hear I hear him. I hear him on that. But give me a break let's move on from that you know next time next time just get the boys ready and you like you said massive uh, adjustments in the second half that really changed the entire complexion of the game but you could definitely see a lot of legginess a lot of tired legs uh, you know and that it definitely showed but again three points for you guys moving on a big 3-1 win at the Mo- at Molyneux is not easy regardless and and wolves came out firing i mean that first 20 minutes of the game, they were just all over you guys. Um, but you found a way, and, and that's what good teams do. And um, you know, up to second place, or are basically set just a non-goal differential um, for for second place in the league. So a great place uh, to be right now at this point. And real quick, I, I do want to give Wolves their
1: flowers. I mean, with the manager leaving, and they just sold their best player in Mateus Nunez to City, um, the, the signings that they have signed to replace Nunes. I mean, that midfield looked looked really good against us. Obviously, they were overcome in the second half. But I still was very impressed with how Wolves showed out. Pedro Neto will not be a Wolves player for long, um, and I think they'll if if they keep up those performances, they should just survive relegation, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Wolves, Wolves had been 1-9 away from being a very good football, f- football squad, and, and that showed, again, they still can't score. Um, another team that can't score, of course, is my beloved Chelsea. Um, 0-0 today at Bournemouth. Uh, what can I say at this point? You know, this is Bournemouth. This was a game that we should have won. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit suspect, though. Again, last week was Forest, and we lost at home. So, you know, what is the squad at this point is, is to be determined. I think there's a lot of – Folks having jumping out of the ship right now and the, the sky is ending. The sky is falling. We have five points in five games. But again, I said this last week, not good enough. Just it is what it is. Um, if, if we can't beat these teams, like who are we going to end up beating? Because we're not going to be able to compete against a city. City's going to lap us around the field. I know we drew against you guys. Uh, First game of the season, but a lot has changed there. You can Chelsea, Liverpool, zero zero, seemingly every single time out right now. It's it's an unbelievable streak of that. So who are we going to beat? I mean, if we can't beat Forest and we can't beat Bournemouth, uh, are we fighting with Luton and and Everton and Sheffield's and how? Okay, cool, great, that's where we are. So um, it's a lot of concerning time. I mean, we're we're you know lack of scoring or having a goal scorer is a real problem. Um, It's it's becoming an issue five games in. So. Could, uh, you know, Christopher Kunku be the answer? Uh, we hope he is. I mean, he's a little ways out, though, with his injury and his recovery. First half of this game was better for us. You know, there was some more runs being played. Uh, Nicholas Jackson controlling, holding up the play. He's still really raw. I think people are, are just kind of in over their skis about how good he is and, and what he's going to do. He was never supposed to be the number one, I think, and Kunku is going to start and, and give Jackson time to learn and, and develop, and we're throwing him right in he's super raw uh, and he's going to be a good player, but right now he's just not good enough. You know um, again, better in the first half, moving the ball, you know, getting darting runs in behind the the back line a little bit again, dominated possession in this game, 65% or more in all of the games that we've played, but that doesn't equate to a win. And so we just need to kind of find that, that offensive creative uh, mentality of moving forward and making darting runs. You saw, Clivert come on the pitch for, for Bournemouth and was the most dangerous player on the entire pitch, going at players, taking the ball on -on one-on-one. None of our guys did that in in 90 minutes. And he came on and did that for 20 minutes. So just something that we need to look at and see the youngsters were good. Uh, You know, they're, they're coming in and they're arguably a B squad right now, to be fair. I mean, we're missing a lot of the key players that would start on this roster. That's just is what it is, but everyone has injuries and we can't make excuses, but uh, Gusto played well. Of course, he'll be replaced with Reese James in the future. I think Colwell will have to move in the middle. Eventually Ben Chilwa out on that left-hand flank is going to be more important for our, us going forward than having Colwell play out there just to play. I think Thiago Silva, maybe it's time. And, and of course there's Fofana injured and Batty Shile injured. So the list goes on and on. Um, but all in all, Chelsea are in the right direction. I think that there's some progress that's there, but ultimately they have to start getting results, and they have to start getting results soon. Good,
1: good, uh, good point for Bournemouth too. They they needed that. So great
0: point for Bournemouth. Yes, as you guys
1: needed three, they needed one pretty bad. So would you say it was a fair result?
0: Uh, I mean, of course, if that yes, that's where my standards and my squad are. Is it's fair result to get a draw at 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 Bournemouth? But yeah, that's what it was, and it was a fair result. Both teams had chances. Um, you know, uh, our keeper had to make, uh, Sanchez had to make a couple of huge saves, as well as their keeper had to make a couple of big saves for them. Uh, Raheem Sterling missed a, a free kick that almost was in that same spot as uh, Rashford's that I mentioned earlier, hitting the corner and coming in the net but not going in. Uh, so, yeah, I think a fair result. But, again, they'd have to start putting the ball in the net and seeing it go in consistently.
1: Absolutely. And and kind of pivoting to another game, City versus West Ham. West Ham came out firing, scored the first goal. And kind of like Liverpool, City scored three goals unanswered. They just, you know, they re- reloaded their squad, keep winning. keep Even if they concede a goal, the heads don't drop. And, and they kind of just show that mentality that, that treble mentality that they had last year. I thought Jeremy Dooku off the bench or starting uh, today was was, was phenomenal, or I guess yesterday was phenomenal. Um, so, I mean, Holland could have had three goals easily as well. So I, I thought West Ham, the the scoreline doesn't reflect the performance. I thought West Ham looked really, really, really good. Uh, but City is just a juggernaut and there's not really much you can do
0: no, not really. Another 3-1 game was Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace. Palace going up first, three unanswered from Villa, two of which coming late in stoppage time after 14 minutes of stoppage time in that game. So again, Aston Villa still still maintaining, still rolling and, and kind of quietly in that top half. Where they'll end up, nobody knows. We'll find out later in the season. Fulham uh, take a 1-0 win over Luton. You mentioned Luton can probably pack their bags already. I think that it's safe to say that that squad... Although it's a great story that they've made it up to the Premier League will probably not be staying up this season so um take take Kenilworth Road while it lasts and enjoy that small venue and when they do host the home game another boring one zero game Daniel was Newcastle versus Brentford thankfully Callum Wilson uh puts in a penalty but uh and Newcastle needed this one but that was not really that enjoyable to watch
1: it wasn't it was an interesting matchup though brentford have kind of showed showed their strength uh early this year so if they nicked uh points off of newcastle that would have been trouble for eddie howe so good to see that newcastle uh was able to kind of calm the ship here and and get three points but uh it was a boring game but i think even though newcastle won the game i think brentford especially missing their their talisman I think they're a very strong side, and and they're not gonna they're gonna be a comfortable uh, upper table, uh, mid upper table uh, at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and of course Newcastle has a Champions League game on Tuesday, so they rested a few of their starters uh, for this one and still get the job done. Uh, the game on Sunday, which was the headlining game, was Everton Arsenal. Daniel Arsenal Arsenal get it done. Tough game. Uh, Sean Dyche packed the box as you would expect him to, trying to get a. One nil win, or just kind of a counter attacking goal to, to steal points here. Um, block you know, low block Arsenal find a way, like I said, one nil off a fantastic goal that's really well worked with uh Trussard finishing it off with a gorgeous left footed uh, uh hit to the far post.
1: That was that goal was absurd. Uh, just having, having the ball run across your body
0: and kind of open up your
1: hips to not only get power on it but to steer it almost on an outside swerve. To the back post, uh, I I don't think he gets enough credit for for that goal. And there was reports coming out of the Arsenal camp that Trasart was not happy with the uh, playing time. And Mikel said, "Listen, listen, you'll get your chance. We have European football. Don't worry." And the manager called his name, and and he he uh, he answered. And with Martinelli, I don't know the extent of that injury, but uh, he should get some running within the next few weeks and kind of fight for his place there.
0: Yeah. A couple other adjustments real quick that you mentioned. Um, trust are coming in for, for the injured Martinelli. Of course, the, the headline was that David Rea started in goal over Ramsdale and Ty Havertz got pulled for um, Fabio Vieira, which we both Thank were God. speaking of uh, for, for, for a lot. Now, as boring as this game was, uh, there was a pretty large matchup in Bundesliga on Friday that, Daniel, uh, I don't know about you. I was Hype going into this game. You've been talking up Bayer Leverkusen all season. Bayern, of course, being Bayern. This game lived up to the hype. 2-2 match that probably could have been easily been 4-4, Daniel. Um, initial thoughts and what was your takeaway from this game?
1: I was super excited to see this game. I have, like you said, been hyping up Leverkusen to kind of challenge Bayern to win uh, the Bundesliga title. And they kind of got off to a rough start. Byron Munich were controlling the game. Leverkusen were struggling to, to build up play and to get out of their own half. And and Harry Kane scores and, and Leverkusen kind of have to turn up the intensity. After I would say around 25 minutes, Leverkusen started to get some run into the match. That free kick from Grimaldo, I I literally yelled from my couch. I could not believe how good that free kick was. And then if you counted it, there was a four-four or a two-two game, but Three goals were off set pieces, a corner for Bayern, um, a PK for Palacios, and then a free kick from Grimaldo. So set pieces seem to be the difference. This game could have easily been 4-4. Uh, Bonif- Boniface had uh, a couple chances that he missed, and Bayern with Naby and Zane had uh, both some really good opportunities to, to score. But uh, I I think that was a pretty fair result for both teams
0: yeah and they mentioned it on the broadcast a couple of times of just how how that was a fair result you mentioned both teams could have had gone up and, and been in the lead and um thinking of Laurian verts hitting the post uh as well and a couple opportunities and just a, a game that could have gone either way and i think a, a late penalty um you know that does kind of get a little bit soft but that is a penalty you know why is alfonso davies going through the back of that player right there um, unfortunately, you know, caused his team two points, but um, a fair result. You know, you mentioned uh, the subs and, and and Palacios coming in and scoring that penalty. Xavi making some big changes um, and, and really changing the game. I love the way he manages and kind of just how his teams play for him. Uh, and the way that they kind of take that and embrace his culture and how he's played over his, uh, over his time. So it it was a a pretty wide open game. Uh, You meant, you heard that a lot of the managers say it was too open. Uh, Even Chabi said it, even though it was fun for the neutral, this game uh, ultimately from a coach's standpoint, was a nightmare. Even Thomas (laughs) Tuchel mentioned it in, in his post game press conference. So, um, you know, Daniel, we've talked about it a little bit on the pod in the previous episodes. Is Byron, is Brian okay defensively enough to win the title in the Bundesliga or from what you've seen with with both not only you know Leverkusen but RB Leipzig right behind can can that trip them up for the title this season um I think their center back is fine you got Dalit,
1: you got men and Kim you got over Um, I'm not really worried about their back line the right back is a question we saw that limer um, a center mid got the, the nod in for, for the right back over Maserari. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who starts week in, week out. Uh, Guerrero is injured at the moment, uh, but will he fight Davies for a spot? Because Davies is fantastic going forward, can be suspect uh defending-wise like a lot of attacking fullbacks. So it's going to be really interesting. I also want to mention the goalkeepers did steal the show. There was some phenomenal saves from both Ulreich and Herdecki. Um So I did want to mention that. And I also want to mention that Boniface, he, he's an under 23. He did miss some chances, but he he's a big guy. And he had this one run where he dribbled three or four uh, Bayern defenders. And there's really nothing you could do when a guy – is just botting you, but also has the delicacy to kind of tiptoe his way through the back line. I just think he's such a good player, and I would love to see him score a goal so it could have been more of a Kane, Bonaface show off uh, for this game. I didn't get what I wanted, but uh, it's okay. And to kind of pivot, RB Leipzig, Augsburg, 3-0 in the, what, 25th minute. It was already 3-0 very comfortable when especially with uh european football midweek they they got to rest some guys late but did you have any takeaways from this game no
0: i mean shabby simon simmons or simons however you want to pronounce it is is of course uh another just great performance from the youngster again i think he's starting to kind of assert himself as one of the main features of of the bundesliga this year going forward there's so many great youngsters in that league if if we've, we've already mentioned two of them with victor Boniface and, and uh florian verts and of course now uh shabby um so and we didn't even get to Musiala, who's arguably maybe the best one of them all um uh, you know just just how depth how much depth is in this league and uh you mentioned you know danielmo out and, and still getting the the win there so i think rb leipzig was my my uh my pick going into the season i still stand by it i think you touched on it a little bit with the defense for for byron but i think there's going to be some some issues thomas Tuchel doesn't quite know who his starting defensive line is it's going he doesn't really like to lit um and so i think that you know the way that rb leipzig go forward uh, and what they have around them i think they give byron a, a test long term Augsburg was was not really much of a test um and and so this will you know this storyline will keep going until until the the big three we'll just call them that as as byron uh rb and, and bayer i would have put by uh dortman in there although even though they won 4-2 over freiburg i was not impressed with that performance um so for me yes it's a win a red card that completely impacts that game um it does not give me much confidence in, in Borussia Dortmund being in that conversation so uh you know that's that's my takeaway from from rb um and, and it'll be interesting to see kind of where where they lead at this point into the season
1: and, and you mentioned, you mentioned burst Dortmund. uh, on, on paper it was convincing when it wasn't really convincing. Um, if you, you actually watched the match, Matt's Hummels had, had two, two good goals. Good to see the, the veterans step up when, when the team really needed it. And, uh, Daniel Mallon continues to shine. He, he kind of ended the last season pretty hot and has kind of picked up that form this season, a couple. We've been talking a lot about the Jude hole and and it was good to see Emre Sean and Felix Nemecha uh step up. Even Sabitzer looked good today. So a lot a lot of positives for Dortmund. They needed a win really bad as they, they do play PSG midweek. So if they if they are going to PSG with a with a no more than three points, I, I'd be worried for them. But maybe this big win kind of gets them into the right, right direction.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the big three points. That's all you have to look at it. And that's the way you take it. You know, a few things that are still kind of going to be for me to look out for, like I mentioned just a minute ago, I don't see them in the race, but things that could change it that we'll you keep an eye out for, you know, Gio Reyna's presence. He he was a difference maker for them last year. Where is he? And when is he going to be back in the lineup? Uh, you know, they're still allowing too many chances in the back. So if they can get schlatterback back or, or, you know, Shula to get kind of get going again there, that could tighten things up. But for me, Right now, a distant fourth, maybe fifth in the Bundesliga. Um, you know, you have Hoffenheim, who's currently fifth after a win against Cologne. Are they this year's Berlin, uh, who finished fourth last season? They, they play each other next week. Um, you know, Any thoughts on, on Hoffenheim or uh, just kind of what they've done at this point? They were pretty much at the bottom of the table last year. No one really talked about them. And now all of a sudden, fifth, is this just a flash in the pan? Or are they potentially for real? It's
1: good to see, especially when a team is almost relegated um, we can say kind of the same about stuttgart they did the uh, uh relegation playoff and and just survived and stuttgart and hoffenheim have been have been one of the two teams that have looked really good this year uh will john brooks ever get a look in being fifth place in the bundesliga starting center back for for hoffenheim that that's a pretty big question here um i haven't watched enough of hoffenheim to have a take here um but it, it is good to see and i'm glad you noted that they they kind of started the year hot.
0: Yeah, and you never know what happens. Of course, it's it's still early in the Bundesliga week four as they started a week before everybody else or week after everybody else. But uh, you know, fifth place for now could be interesting to see. You mentioned Stuttgart, they they get a hat trick from uh Gazeri and, and kind of keep the ball rolling in their up and down goal scoring type of season that we've talked about a, a few times now so three on the board for them after a couple five spots all those guys do seem to all those guys do is seem to score goals over there uh mines at the bottom of the table after that result typical you, you kind of expect mines to be mid-table or at least stay up um, and so hopefully they kind of get things turned around additionally uh wolfsburg take down union berlin in a 2-1 win berlin man that's you know they're kind of is the is the is the moment over you hope not um but that was a tough one for them and hopefully they can kind of maintain and and turn it around especially with European football on the docket as well it's going to be a lot for them to handle and manage at this this point in the season absolutely just a little worried for Berlin I don't
1: I mean, I think they'll finish mid table comfortably but when it comes to having to do performances on the weekend and mid week they're going to struggle which which gives a team like Stuttgart Hoffenheim even Wolfsburg a kind of shout to kind of challenge for that top four, top five. Wolfsburg, uh, Nico Kovach is their coach who was the expiring coach. They got a lot of young talent there with Jonas Wim and Patrick Vimmer um, and the brother, uh, the other brother, Nemecha. So I, I actually kind of like Wolfsburg this year to kind of maybe take that next step. They haven't been really good since Kevin De Bruyne left a while ago um and they're they're pretty historic club when it comes to the bundesliga so i i'd like they've had some fantastic talent through the year so i'd like to see a uh, whisper kind of step it up and keep this momentum rolling
0: yeah currently in sixth place um one one spot ahead of borussia dortmund so again to your point uh, going to be a good battle for for fourth fourth spot um in the bundesliga a team that we've talked about before frankfurt um selling Muani. would that have impacted their chance to get in the top four they get a draw, 1-1 draw against Bochum, who have been a surprise, to be honest. They were one of the bottom dwellers last season all year. Uh, get, get a nice draw. They're up to 13th in the league, so a good start for them. Uh, Hottenheim, who who surprised Borussia Dortmund last week and got a, a draw there, go to Verde, uh, or home to Vertebramen Bremen and get a 4-2 win there. Um, unbelievable that they've been all the way up and up to 11th as a, a promoted team, so... Um, uh, unbelievable start for them. And then Darmstadt against and Gladbach, a crazy game in the, uh, this one today. Um, uh, Darmstadt was up three, nothing. And, and Gladbach comes back and scores three in the second half to get a draw. So uh, as has been the case all across the season in the Bundesliga, Daniel, uh, just goals, goals, goals everywhere, something that we really enjoy. And, and the goals didn't stop. If we, we switch over to, to Spain and La Liga, Barcelona putting up a five spot against Betis on, on Saturday afternoon, Boy, that firepower is is getting nice and, and revved up. And Louis gets his first goal, and everyone feels pretty comfortable and happy over uh in the camp now or, or their new stadium that they're playing in.
1: And that that Lua first goal, I mean, Felix is not going to get an assist for that, but that dummy that he did completely opened up Lewandowski to score that goal. Jal Felix just slotting in on the left side has has looked or his first game looked looked great in. Ferran Torres continues to pick up that form. He was for some reason I couldn't understand why he wasn't getting chances early on and he just keeps scoring goals for Barcelona and Spain. So he he talks about his mentality and the never give up and I've been really pulling for, for Ferran Torres. So I'm happy happy for him and I just wanted to to we're talking about I mean we both predicted them to be top top 2, top 3. Um Barcelona kind of has a super team right now. And with the, I mean, Jao Cancelo also got on the score sheets of those new transfers. Well, with the instant impact. And I was kind of thinking in my head, all right, what, what is the business that they've done? And they have every position that they've lost, they've upgraded. So you, you lose Busquets, you lose Nico Gonzalez, you bring Oriol Romeo on, you bring Gundawan. you lose Fatih, but you bring in Jao Felix. You, they just keep, st- they, they're they making good business. And, and for the last four years, Barca has done really bad business. So it's good to see that Joe and Laporte has kind of gotten Barca back on track, and they're almost at the status that they once were with a, a Lionel Messi.
0: You also left out one key component uh, of that, that transition, I think, uh, is the youth movement as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does kind of help that you have a a jump once in a generational player that you know that I love love and rave about. And you mean Lamal, and then of course, um Alessandro Balde, as well as being 19. So, you know, just the the sheer um youth and talent that's on that roster you mentioned. Are they a super team? We will only know this season if they do well in European football day in the last season, hey, was, you know, this was kind of the same hype and, and built up, and um, of course, they they end up winning La Liga. Um, not not foreign to them, but it's been a while, um, and so that was the first step. And now they had poor performances in the Champions League, get knocked out of the Europa League by by Manchester United. European football for Xavi Hernandez and this squad is going to be what determines if they're a super squad. Uh, if they they have the talent, they have the pieces for long term. Uh, if you're asking me this season, um, this still you know it's still too early for me to to tell. Only time will tell, and we'll see starting this week. Not not too long now
1: absolutely and we didn't even mention uh Gavi or in Pedri wasn't even playing today which is kind of the engine of this team so that's why i I'm, I'm kind of so high on barca right now and they they do have to win the big games, though. i do agree and we we've we, we, we given credit to betis of being a good side but they kind of just rolled over today they rolled completely over them out, out completely class, rolled so.
0: over. now now what what is success for you for barcelona this year since you know what is what would be successful season and and quantify either A, a super team or or on their way to being a super team?
1: I think I, I do like the on their way to be a super team, especially with the youth. You got to give them some time, but winning two leagues ligas in a row, that's the first step. Getting out of the group, going somewhat far, I would say quarters, the semis would be a good start for Champions League. And then at least competing in the Copa del Rey would be competing in all three trophies, to some extent would be would be a big start um and as we talk about Barça you, you you can't not talk about Madrid here they continue to roll they went down early against Sociedad who's been phenomenal to start to start the year off they showed character Jose Lu stepped up dude continues just to be the key and they're kind of winning games with their diamond midfield that they're that they're showing but the question is, how is Ancelotti going to rotate and who, when he rotates, is going to be the shoe-in week in, week out?
0: Yeah, you mentioned the character this team is showing. They've gone down, I think it's three or four times now in the first 15 minutes of a game and come back to win. So, uh, like you said, just the true character of a champion. This this is one of the best teams in Europe year in, year out, no matter how fluctuated or strong the roster is, the expectation at Real Madrid, as, as is with Barcelona. Um is to win, uh, and they've they've continued to do that. They're perfect on the season. Five w- five played, five wins. Remain at the top of the table. Uh, for me, there are to your point. Uh, there are still questions. You know, what is that best midfield combination? We saw Choumane play in there today and looked a little bit. Um, a little lost with his partner of Tony Cruz, they they didn't really have that symmetry or that, uh, that symmetry, that, that synergy together uh, of kind of playing off one another. You know, where does Cavabinga play? Uh, you know, ideally for me, I think him and Choumane together is, is the way to go. But of course, we saw him play at left back last season. Um, Fran Garcia came in and, and from Rio Vical and has done a good job there. So, do you need him on the left, or or is he going to be able to play more central? Uh, and then ultimately. You know, one of the biggest questions coming into the season was was how are they going to replace Karim Benzema? Um, is Vinny Rodrigo and, and Jose Lu enough? Of course, Jose Lu gets a goal to get today. Uh, it kind of alleviates some of those questions uh, for now. But ultimately, those are, you know, three very, very big questions for me uh, when it comes to, to Real Madrid. And, um, you know, Real Sociedad gave him a game uh, for 45 minutes. And, and really, you know, if it wasn't for Kepa, uh, that game could have been 2-0 very easily. Keppa made, you know, even on the goal, he, he had a double save. Um so there was some holes and, and uh credit credit to Ancelotti for some adjustments at halftime. Uh and they like you said they just you know character bounce back and, and two two one win a big two one win. Uh, something that you know the team that I I had uh, predicted to win La Liga could have used a little bounce back. Uh atleti get blown out by Valencia uh on the road. Valencia go up <laughs> and, and and take a an early one nil lead in the fifth minute and don't look back. Uh, Daniel, what, what is, you know, wh- wh- where did that come from?
1: Yeah. Valencia were really, really bad. Almost got relegated last year. Did not see this result coming. Atletico have, have started off. You were, you were especially high on them. I, I was too though. I, I won't put you, throw you under the bus completing for this one. Well, that, um, they were
0: my pick to win the league. So, I mean, this is a huge setback for them. I mean, you know, it's, I, I'm, we'll see, but. It's not too late to change your pick, Matt. You can come join. the no, no, the no, no, no. I'm not, ra- I'm not rash. I'm not going to make a rash choice here. I'm all the way. I'm going to see it through. I'm gonna see That's it That's fair. There.
1: That's fair. So just hitting on the docket of any other big results. Um, athletic club win easily against uh, Hadis. The, the Williams brothers continue just to be crucial for that team. Villarreal get a big 93rd minute winner against Almeria. The yellow submarine keeps chugging along here uh, and Sevilla finally get on the board here. Thank goodness cuz it was I was getting a little worried for him.
0: Me too. Yeah, and that's a big one. Uh, Sevilla again. Uh, they they still will be European monsters in Champions League after winning the Euro- Europa League uh, again for the seventh time last year. But to your point, they get a big a big win uh, finally on the board. Uh, Gaddafe and Asus- so I always get this one. I can never get it right. Uh, Asuna. Thank you very much. I'm just going to leave that to you going forward. Uh, maybe the game of the week uh, in the team, in the league, just a 3-2 back-and-forth game. Katafe gets a late winner. Uh, you know, just everything that's going on there with Mason Greenwood joining that squad and I think starting, um, if I remember, if I saw it correctly. And so just a, another crazy back-and-forth game. Uh, always always one uh, that kind of stands out to you in, in La Liga. Uh, just seems like there's always some craziness that goes on in that league week in, week out absolutely
1: um let's see
0: here so and your herona is still yet to
1: play we've we've reached on or touched on them briefly of how they've started off hot they play tomorrow um against granada so it's going to be interesting to see how that game goes just table wise um now so we can we can kind of pivot over this is going to hurt me a little bit but the milan darby uh, uh let's talk this out now and our absolutely put a five burger on on Milan or AC Milan didn't see that one coming did you
0: I I did not um the two undefeated teams going into this one um I'm gonna be honest with you Daniel I didn't get a chance to watch this because for some reason CBS Sports decided that this game the biggest game of the league for this season should be on Paramount Plus instead of Liberty football. And yes, that is my rant about streamings networks and all of the various bullshit that they do to make us watch the greatest game on planet earth. Why could this game have not been on CBS sports is beyond me, but that's neither here nor there. I apologize. That's just something I had to get off my chest. Yes. This was an absolute drubbing. Um, one team just, just did not even show up. I don't quite understand what happened here from an AC Milan's perspective. Uh, you Rafael Leal gets a consolation goal just to kind of pad the stats. But ultimately, Inter Milan just dominated this one from start to finish. Uh, Mkhitaryan gets, you know, a goal, two goals and an assist. Uh, Laterra Martinez also delivers two assists in this game. Uh, You know, just complete domination from start to finish. And um, you kind of wonder what's going to happen from an impact of a game like this. Of course, you know, inner inner city, inner stadium rivals. Um, Does this put, and of course, Inter just beat AC Milan in in the Champions League semifinal as well. Daniel, is this a is this kind of gonna be a, a thing now between these two that, that Inter has AC Milan's number? We'll see.
1: We'll see. Uh if I'm AC Milan, I'm gonna go ahead and bury that tape. Not even gonna go over it. Just gonna bury it, make some changes midweek and hope hopefully get a result um in the Champions League. Pulse it getting hooked after 55 minutes is not ideal, but you know, you, you can't put a stellar performance every single week. And, I mean, with the Liberty football, I guess that was the Holy Spirit talking to save you from having to watch that drubbing. Um, I know I had Paramount, and I wish Liberty was on instead of watching AC Milan get killed. Now, kind of pivoting over to other title contenders, Napoli versus Genoa. They drop points here. Um, a little hangover, as you like to say, Matt, for Napoli this season siman and cavaracalia are, are are struggling and they seem like they're missing Minjay uh and in the defense
0: yeah you mentioned you know the hangover and, and just the the drop off from the players and of course Kim going to Bayern Munich um you know it's kind of expected a little bit this team hadn't won the league and I think it since Maradona and over 30 years if I remember correctly or maybe maybe a little bit longer so you know you kind of Uh, And of course, everything that happened with with uh, the manager leaving and and basically right at the beginning of the season. Um, So, yeah, to be expected. Uh, I don't think that they drop off completely. I don't think they win the league again. It's not going to be surprising to anybody based on the start. I think they you know, they fight for top four. We mentioned them earlier on. Uh, you had them in your top four. I think I had Atalanta who, who, who lost and dropped points this weekend. So uh, that could be, you know, an opportunity for them to kind of keep pace, even as they figure their, their shit out. But ultimately I think they'll still be fighting for top four, but a really uh, disappointing start that they had a, a team that on the, you know, the flip side Juventus who've, who've continued a strong start. They get a three, one win over Lazio, Lazio, who's really doing some, some difficult things for that squad. They're really not playing up to snuff and, and what they expect. Uh, you know, you mentioned in uh, uh, texting me during the weekend that, you know, Dusan Vladovic, uh is playing out of his mind right now. And a player that I'd love to have on Chelsea, even that was the late rumor, but uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Juventus? I know you didn't really, you weren't that high on them when we were doing our predictions uh, last week.
1: I wasn't high on them just because I just cannot stand a ball. I probably let my, my bias kind of seep into that, but they, it's working. Allegri ball is working uh so far. And uh you mentioned Dusan Vlahovic is back to his best. I'll tell you who else is back to his best. Federico Chiesa. He's looked fantastic. Um, no Paul, no problem here for Juve. McKinney continued his hot form from the US um into this game with a a beautiful assist to Zuzan Vladovich and uh kind of created the first goal for Vlahovic as well. So Lazio, I expected them to put up a better fight. They they do have some, some good players here, but Juventus, if they can just keep rolling here, they, they can definitely challenge for that top three, even challenge for the whole, the whole title itself. Now, I wanted to pivot over. You mentioned Atalanta because you had them in the top four. An absolute goal thriller three, Fiorentina, Atalanta two. It was a great game. I don't know if you got to catch this one, but both sides very attacking sides kind of like a almost like an end to end kind of like the Bayern Bayer game um and i think both of these squads can challenge 100% uh for for the top 4 spot if they can continue the form with the european football
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, their style of play. Watching uh, Fiorentina last year in the Conference League, I think it was, and they just they just had a fun style of play. uh, Ultimately, getting knocked out uh, in the final or before the final, but uh, just a fun way of watching games. And Atalanta, same thing in in the Champions League. They're very forward thinking. So uh, you know, hearing the game was back and forth, and uh, you know, just end to end is not not surprising at all. Um, you know in the final like i mentioned for fiorentina so uh you know their style they're they're getting up there they're starting to become stronger they had a you know a good player like you mentioned in, in Vlaovic that they got a lot of good money for and, and made that into a good investment that they've continued and uh, both squads it'll be fighting for that fourth spot in my opinion i think fiorentina a little bit behind atalanta of course contrary to what the result is here but on the road so you know you take that for for atalanta's um perspective as well. So, yeah, I mean I think they'll be they'll they'll both be fighting for that fourth spot. Um another team that, you know, we all thought was going to be fighting for that fourth spot, uh look like they're kind of finding their way right now is is Roma. A huge win today against Empoli, seven spot Daniel, you don't hear a touchdown on the board very often. Uh, Marino. Mourinho ball does not allow for seven usually. <laughs> uh Debaulo had a brace, Lukaku scores. Um uh, any thoughts on, you know, just this match or or you know how is how Roma looked other than obviously the scoreline. Do you do you take any stock in in this match given it was that one, one-sided? And are, are
1: very bad. Number one, number two, Mourinho probably walked into the lo- uh, the locker room after they're all probably celebrating, and he's got was like probably like guys, what the fuck? I wanted to win 1-0 and park the bus for the rest of the match. So I'm sure Mourinho had something to say about scoring seven. But Dybala, back in the lineup had a brace. Good to see Paulo is kind of. You know, back to form and Lukaku instant impact uh from that transfer this summer. I think that they are going to kind of turn around here. Well, I hope at least they, they have a good team. So so Cristante looked really good. Uh Pellegrini as always is is uh playing well. They did lose uh not one but two center backs this this offseason to the Saudi and Co. So if they can kind of clean up that back line, I I don't think it's too late for for Rama to kind of challenge for for top five
0: here. And a, an item that you would think in Jose Ball is going to be able to to clean up that back line, uh, uh you know, just a, a way that he he's played in the past. And something that a team like PSG dumping into a couple other European storylines here from the weekend, uh, a team like PSG could have used losing uh two, three, two. They lost against Nice, um, Daniel. Pretty, pretty surprising here. Mbappe, of course, gets a brace, which almost is expected. But you know, were they looking ahead to, to Champions League this week, or is this kind of what we're going to expect from PSG going forward? That's been pretty up and down all season.
1: Nice are a good side, so I wouldn't take away too much of this performance. But when you're at home at the Parc des Princes, you, you you think they they get a win. The they got a lot of injuries right now, Um so not making excuses, but especially with the squad that they have, they should be able to win most. And I mean, all of, it's it's a shame because PSG keeps dropping points and and teams like uh, Marseille and Monaco drop points as well. So PSG is going to win, win the league. I don't know if they'll win it convincingly, but it's a shame that two, three, four other teams aren't kind of uh, nipping at PSG's heels here and and kind of really getting it to go um so that's a shame and then to kind of rotate to to other other leagues PSV the statement for 0 win Pepe bought Chucky Lozano for for the penalty you'll love to see that and the 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 gaffer backed him after the match saying yeah he was he was right to do that he he takes the penalties and and PSV did lose some talent uh this offseason but they kind of just reloaded like they always do and uh, someone who hasn't reloaded is ix uh, They they fell their fall from grace as well as falling to Twint. They're now eleventh in the table. They the big money sign for Chuba Akpom in the championship hasn't worked out as of now. And I mean I'm sure they they do have some good core players, but uh, it, it might be time for a new manager, maybe even a new sporting director. Um, and it's a real shame because ix they can't really compete financially. So when they do make a good run in the champions league, it's always good to see the kind of like a money ball type approach. I also wanted to mention Benfica continued their dazzling form in uh, the Portuguese league. And they look uh, like the shoe in the win that
0: usually are the case. And they, they of course are on this, um, First, I believe they're on the first window of, of Champions League games. It may be wrong on that; they might they be week two. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll also have you know European football to play. You mentioned PSV; uh, they will have European football to play as well as they won the Eredivisie last year. Uh, you love seeing a little U.S. Mexico rivalry on a team, just who wants to score that goal. So uh, glad Pepe got it. Of course, like you mentioned in the in the gaffer backing him to take that kick. Ajax, you know what a story there. I think you mentioned a new manager they 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 already fired one last two two managers last season already really kind of desperate times you know uh edwin van leaves the project as well uh they they lose a player like muhamma kudos late in the window so really yeah. tough times over there for ajax it will be interesting to see you mentioned it and that's such on such on point right uh built on youngsters they have a good team that makes a run and then it gets raided by all the big clubs so uh, how long would they be down for it it will be interesting um but Daniel, there, you know, we talked about a lot of things here uh, in European football over the last forty-five minutes or so. Uh, you know, what are your takeaways for and, and takes from this week and, and going forward? What what are some of the storylines that you want to see uh, going forward from here?
1: We we did touch on a lot of our our takes kind of in, in in the roundup, but I do my big one. I wanted to say for this, Liverpool can win the league, genuinely um city kind of they're they're not the super team that they they have been they they do have new talent and new transfers so there is a possibility that they will drop points at at some game or another um dominic shouldersly is looking like the best midfielder liverpool has had since stevie g genuinely and um all five of the strikers um for liverpool are, are kind of all firing now every single one has scored a goal so far so if we can clean up the back line and, and kind of keep the back line
0: healthy then I'm, I'm pretty bullish on us at least challenging for for the title here how about you you, Matt? You, texted, you texted me that and and i i did laugh a little bit at it to be honest uh but you do have you make a good point uh, i just i feel like giving You know, City a two point lead advantage even now with players like De Bruyne out and, you know, a couple other players not in the rotation, Foden and um, Grealish. It's just such a (laughs) such a strong roster in City. It's just hard to see anybody kind of challenge them. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, you guys do. I think you finished second. I said that last week, but will Mm -hmm. you guys give them a chance? uh, Give them a run? Yeah, I hope so. I want to see a two team race. I just don't want to hear you complain and, and be promoting Liverpool all season at you know, such a, such a high level. So we'll see what happens. My take for, for what I saw this past week, uh, a lot of people are going to shake your heads on this one and, and mark it down September 17th. I think Chelsea will finish in the top six in the premier league. I think from what I've seen, I mentioned some of it above, obviously there's a lot to, you know, kind of get through as far as the squad is concerned, but I like what I'm seeing. I think, uh Mauricio Pochettino is the manager for the job people calling for his head uh, gotta stop he's been there for a minute if we're going to start rotating managers in and out nothing's ever going to get done I think this is a project for the future I think there's a lot of young talent on the squad I think a few pieces that they'll add at the window I think you're going to see Chelsea go for a player like hear me out on this Robert Lewandowski and pay 50 million pounds to to barcelona who need the money bring in a number nine and, and kind of or a player of that caliber maybe not robert but i think that's a good option that they could get uh for for a decent amount of money at the ch- at the january window and they'll they'll push there's no european football they'll they'll have the league to focus on and yes it's tough right now but there are 38 games in the season we're at we're at game five uh, i like what i've seen i think chelsea will get there i think chelsea finished top six before it's all said and done
1: uh oh man I I need what you're smoking man um they are 5 points behind number 6 West Ham uh on 10 points which is not that which is not that far um honestly it really isn't but from what I've seen of Chelsea I I think this is a multi-year project I don't see them putting it together I think top 10 is more attainable um maybe slide in at the 8 or 7th but I, I I see too much talent here with like a West Ham, Brighton, Villa, Newcastle, Brentford challenging, even United is right next to you in thirteenth, they can turn around, it, it's it gets it gets pretty packed up at the top, and uh we'll we'll see. I'm I'm fine saying I'm wrong,
0: but I, I'm not picking up what you're selling. Well, we'll see what happens again, September seventeenth. Mark it down, Chelsea finished sixth. Uh, as we head into break, I know we touched on a lot of the games that are gonna be going on on Monday as well. Uh, Burnley and Forrest in the Premier League. Daniel touched on Granada versus Girona in the La Liga. There are also two fixtures in Serie A, so there are lots of games still to play for this week. We will focus though on European matchups, like we mentioned, when we come back from the break. So, uh, those kick off on Tuesday. And there are who doesn't love a good European night, right, Daniel? So, we'll be right back. And after this, we'll be touching in on European football as well as our best 11 and Daniel's best bets. And welcome back. As we mentioned before the break, was uh, we are going to be touching on European nights, Daniel. I know for for me, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Uh, not only are you talking about different styles of football on the field that you don't see very often with the cross-mixing of leagues, you also see cultures and and fan bases and passions and songs and everything that goes into a game environment just changes during these European nights. Uh, That's why people talk about them. They, they live for them. You know, the home fans are just that much more excited for a Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, or if you're playing Thursday night football, Thursday night football match as well. Uh, You know, they begin on Tuesday. Like I said, are there any matchups that excite you for this window? Again, there's, there's two weeks. So first groups, first batch of games will go this week for the groups and then again next week the following week we'll have uh the remaining groups that did not kick off games Uh, so two weeks of european football
1: the champions i love that anthem who doesn't right who doesn't love (laughs) it with the with the the opening of the heineken bottle um so we've mentioned we've touched on a a few but uh byron versus man united should be an interesting one i'm not feeling too good about do good about United on that one Milan versus Newcastle. That's going to be a really intriguing, especially now considering that Milan just got drugged, um, on Saturday, will they bounce back against a stout Newcastle team and he goes back
0: to now he goes back to AC Milan too. So that's that'll a, be you an know. interesting
1: storyline. Yep. Yeah.
0: And Newcastle haven't been in
1: the premier or in the champions league for a very, very long time. So are they kind of going to hear that music that I just sung so eloquently and kind of not. Be play a little nervous, be a little sloppier than usual, and they have to go to the zero, uh, a huge venue to go to for the first for the first game. So that's going to be one to watch. Um, we we mentioned PSG versus Dortmund. Dortmund finally get points while PSG drop points. Is that going to kind of propel PSG to beat up on Dortmund? We will see. I will say, BVB's record in the Champions League is actually better than you would think it would be uh, shout out Jack for that little tidbit. So uh, that I wouldn't count dormant completely out of that game. Um, but, but we'll see. Uh, I, I'm kind of scared for you and your Berlin though, Matt.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a tough one, especially at the Bernabea, which was, display on display in all of its glory tonight, finally finished. And boy, is that stadium just an absolute structure. You mentioned a team like Newcastle who haven't been in the Champions League for a while going to AC Milan and being a little starstruck. Is is Union Berlin going to feel that same way as they step onto that historic venue and in, in, in front of 84,000 people uh, uh, serenading Jude Bellingham again today? Uh, you know, that's going to be, it's always a tough matchup when you go play uh, a team of such history in Real Madrid. Uh, you guys have your fixture as well on Thursday uh, versus Lask. Uh And then you know another one that I'm looking forward to. A couple more that I'm looking forward to: uh, Rangers versus Betis. I mentioned Betis as one of my teams in La Liga. And Rangers, we don't really talk about the Scottish Premier League that often. It's it's really a two-team you know league, and and we can get into the debate of where it sits in the power rankings of of European football, but. Uh, they still get to participate in tournaments, and uh, they still get to you know show off their best stuff against other opponents. So looking forward to that one. And then for me, you know, the other one that I'm looking forward to, we mentioned their troubles and as Ajax, and they get to go and play Marseille. Marseille dropping points recently in the league, like you said. So you know, those are going to be for us the interesting matchups. Like I said, there'll be another round of of matches the following week that we'll touch on next week as well. Uh, but that's a, a pretty exciting first batch of European football fixtures Daniel I mean look at the names on this list Bayern Munich Manchester United PSG Newcastle Real Madrid Liverpool Rangers I, I mean the list goes on and on I mean that's just the games that we're picking out I mean this is why you want to be part of European nights and European football
1: European football is king um, I love the league, but I, I look forward that, you know, you get off of work and you get to go watch the Champions League or the Europa League or the Conference League for that matter. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. it, it it's going to hurt watching Champions League, knowing Liverpool is not going to be challenging in it, but I'm still excited to watch it. Um, and so do you are you ready for the best XI of the weekend?
0: I am. I am definitely ready for, the, ready for the best XI of the weekend. To start us off, Daniel, go ahead. I mean, I picked this one for us. I, I hope you're okay with this. I mean, this guy just stood out to me and was standing on his head today. I have Keppa and Nett. Three major saves to keep Real Madrid in the game. Like I said, also a double save that may or may not be counted for in this for, for the goal. So Kepa and, and you know, you'd love to just see a bounce back story like Kepa's having. Uh, so good on him to have such a good performance. And where was it at Chelsea? Eh, that's a debatable story. Apparently you just don't want to play for us anymore, anybody who comes our way. So uh, that's my keeper. Um, defenders, Daniel, we had we had some great great selections and great options here to choose from this week.
1: We did, and Kepa has had some big shoes to fill with Courtois being out, so it's good to see, like you said. So, defenders, we got three of them. Uh, Matt's Hummels, the veteran, scoring two goals, huge, huge goals for Dortmund, 16th consecutive season with a goal, too, which is an interesting stat. Thank you for bringing that up, Matt. And Brian Garcia left back with two assists. He's, he's, I mean, when you go to Madrid, you either sink or swim, and he's he swam. Um, so that's good to see from a young Spanish left back. And then we have Robertson uh, with one goal, major goal for Liverpool took that like he uh, was a striker and maybe Robertson should have started up top for Chelsea. Uh, I don't know. He could, he could have score a few goals for you
0: uh, done more than but, done more than we've done this year. That's for sure. So yeah. All, but all jokes
1: aside, uh, three really, really good defenders that, that really stood out for us. And then uh, would you like to take over the midfield?
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the Milan Derby. Uh, Mkhitaryan just had an absolute game, two goals, one assist, bossed the game all over the place. Uh, the other one that I had, and we mentioned this when we kind of went through our formations and what we were trying to do with the the uh, top 11 is, you know, there are games when you look for stats and you look for the players that stood out in, the, in that category, but sometimes there's just players that stood out and just owned the game and, and you couldn't really take your eye off them. And that's who this player was for me. Uh Take Kubo was, was just an absolute beast in this game for Real Sociedad. Of course he did get an assist, probably should have had another one. Kepa made an un- unbelievable save off a distribution from, to a head Which uh, should have been two assists, but again, just really, you know, Dominated that was also part of you know both Real Madrid and Barcelona's academies, uh, which is pretty rare. So uh, a player that you know just kind of stands out, and you put him on the list. Like I said, sometimes it doesn't have to be on the score sheet. um Cristante, one goal, two assists in his performance. So you got to get that man on here. And then Bernardo Silva, who sneakily had a, an unbelievable game for Man City, uh, a goal. Erling Holland, I'm surprised he didn't tap it in himself To you know, as a striker. You want to kind of take those, but a great finish by Bernardo Silva and then an assist to Erling Holland for his goal in the game. So uh, that midfield for us was you're going to win a lot of games if you play with those four in the midfield uh, on top of our you know our three at the back. So uh, goals, Daniel, there was a lot to choose from, man. There was multiple goal braces, hat tricks all over the place. Uh, take us through who you thought stood out up top and it's going to get you the champions league title
1: yeah these players aren't making it easy on us to decide it's honestly a headache to to get this 11 kind of sorted out every week but uh first off leading the line klein Dice, uh striker for heidenheim uh, had two goals and assists against vader bremen um on a newly promoted side played had his trade in the second Bundesliga. And now he's scoring a brace against a, a decent Bundesliga team. So you, you love to see people kind of step up to the spotlight and, and kind of help a help a, a, a below average team kind of punch above their weight. Uh, number two, you got Kirasi, a hat trick hero for Stuttgart. He's been on fire this year. And uh, I believe he's gonna continue that form throughout the season. And then third but not least, Lewandowski, one goal, two assists, has kind of struggled this year, but with this new Barça lineup, he is flourishing. I think he's gonna really relish his his partnership with Farron Torres and especially Jal Felix as Jao Felix tends to drift in a little bit, probably give Lewandowski a few a little bit more space and give the defenders other people to think about here. Uh, so that is our XI of the week please comment your XI of the week, or if we miss someone or you feel that we miss someone that should be in here, please tweet out at full time roundup on Twitter. Now we have player of the week. Would you like to to say your player of the week, Matt?
0: I, yeah, I mean the guy, like I said, a couple of times now stood out and just dominated the, one of the biggest matches in European football this weekend. And Henry Mkhitaryan again, two goals, one assist Uh, for me. You do that in the, in the Derby against your arch rival, uh, that, Check mark right there. Player of the week for me. There we go. And then mine is
1: a little biased, and I'm also wearing his jersey. Mohamed Salah, the Egyptian king, didn't, didn't get on the score sheet, but had two beautiful assists. And he kind of carried and willed Liverpool to kind of get that result against Wolves. Now, young player of the week, I have Jeremy Doku, made his first start for City, and he was an absolute problem on that left side. He is just so fast, lightning in a bottle, and had a uh, great assist. Um, for the first goal, so what much
0: you? talent, so much talent and depth on that wing for city, too. I mean, Jack Grealish out there, Phil scary. Foden can play out there. God, that's a scary, you know, proposition for any team. Yeah, I have Shabby Simmons. We've talked about him before. I don't believe I've had him as my young player of the week yet. Uh, but I've had him on my XI before again, goal and assist this week. Kid is just 20 years old, dominating. Um, how can you leave him off? I mean, again, that that there's so many options to choose from in the Bundesliga as there are young players all over the league uh, and all over Europe. But uh, we're just seeing a resurgence in in German Bundesliga young players right now. It's fun to watch, but he stands out uh, or stood out this week for me. Uh, Daniel, we, we always do this um, after players of the week or, or XI. And these are your bets. Let me tell you folks, if you are not listening to this podcast or Daniel's Twitter, you are missing out on, Pretty, pretty awesome picks and, and a record that is no slouch and stands on its own. Daniel, I don't want to steal the show here. This is this is your time to shine. Tell the people what you're doing. Uh, you're just you're just kind of on a roll right now. And again, I am the cooler. Everyone knows it, so I don't even want to touch these. I don't even want to. I don't even want to cue you up on them because if I spit on it, it'll it'll go sour. So uh, just tell us what we're doing this week so that people can uh, make as much money as you are with gambling on soccer.
1: Guys. It's just, it's been a great start to the the campaign here. Um, Soccer's back and my record uh, just speaks for itself here. We, I am so incredibly upset that we didn't have the the clean sweep this week. Uh, Leipzig went up three in the first 25 minutes and couldn't just get a late garbage time goal to, to cash that sweep at three and a half, but it's okay. We don't we don't dwell on our losers. We focus on the winners here. So we were three and three and one, and the parlay was the cash. I mean, what can you say? We are up now, or I'm up at least thirteen units on the year. So if you just to explain units one more time, if you just throw twenty dollars on a game, that's your usual unit. That's how much we up. 20 times 13, I'm going to let you do the math, but that sounds like a lot of money. Um, so I do have some domestic picks, and just because Champions League back, Champions League is back, I do have some European picks, but I'll start with the domestic. So we're going to start with the parlay. We're two out of two with these. So I picked uh, City Moneyline against Forest at home. Barca versus Vigo. I think that Barca is just going to go on a tear here. Um, Inter versus Empoli, who's been the worst side in Serie A so far. I don't know if you'll love this map but Villa plus a half. So all they have to do is draw or better against Chelsea and Liverpool versus um, West Ham. That is plus 470. So almost five to one. Um, I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this parlay. And I, I made it a little juicy with the Villa plus half, but I just don't see Chelsea getting points there. Now, when it comes to best bets, I usually go with overs um, last week. We, you know, we did well. So Leipzig, Machsenblock, over three and a half. This is a no brainer. Block scored four, conceded four. This, or was it three? Excuse me. Conceded three, gave up three. Leipzig are just on a tear. I think they will concede at least one, making this over three and a half cash. Uh, South London Derby, or North London Derby, excuse me. Spurs, Arsenal, over three and a half. Both teams play pretty. Free-flowing football, I don't think this is going to be a cagey affair. I think they're going to really, uh, what, second place and fourth place, kind of going at each other's next year. So I think there will be goals, goals, goals. Um, And then Leverkusen uh, over three and a half. This is just a pencil in every single week. They just are so free-flowing, and they do love to give up a goal every once in a while. So I like the Leverkusen over three and a half. And last but not least, Monaco, Nice over three. Monaco put three past PSG. Monaco uh scored two today and they gave up two. So I think that's a perfect matchup for both of them um to get an easy three um goals over. And for my European picks, um I I have three best bets and a parlay. Um so my I'm gonna start with the parlay. Um I haven't I haven't I mean it's been a while for Champions League, but I'm I am feeling really good about these. Parlay is a little bit of an interesting one. We got a 6 legger here. Um uh, I thought, you know what? The five legs have been cashing. Let's try six here. And I wanted to get a better uh, odds boost for everybody. So Barca Moneyline, uh, they play a, an awful team. Bayern play Man U. I'm 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 pretty pretty comfortable betting Bayern here at the Allianz Arena. Leverkusen play garbage team. Liverpool play a garbage team. Atalanta play a garbage team. And then Brighton play a decent team with Athens. Three to one, almost three and a half to one. Feel pretty good about that. I think that's gonna be a no sweat cash. When it comes to best bets, we got Leipzig versus Young Boys over three. Um, Young Boys is gonna try to go at Leipzig and I think they are going to fail miserably. Um, Next I got Salzburg over Benfica. This is a very, very intriguing game just on paper, but both teams play very attacking styles of football. Uh, I would say Benfica has the edge when it comes to who's going to win, but Salzburg are no slouch with their wonder kid 11, and I think over three is going to be no sweat. Um, and then we have Liverpool over LASK, over three and a half. Liverpool, even if they rest, guys, we have Ajota on the bench. We have Darwin on the bench. We are going to absolutely destroy LSAK. Um, Jurgen's going to want to kind of get this group done and dusted with early so we can kind of rest guys later on for the Premier League. So go ahead and take those winners, um, and uh, I'll be excited to recap talking about another successful week next time.
0: Well, you heard the man, you heard his success. Again, if you aren't following Daniel on his account, Liverpool CLTFC, for more bets, go do that right now. You can also follow him. They'll post, We'll post the bets as well on Full-Time Roundup. So please follow both him there and us on the show. We'd love to hear from you guys and interact with you guys. Uh, also, please download and subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. But Daniel, what another weekend of football. I don't know about you. I'm going to go take a breath because we have to do it all over again this week. Uh, but as always we'll see you guys in the next roundup have a great week